This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast. I'm your host, Stone Fredrickson, and on this show, I explore the different minds and lifestyles of very successful entrepreneurs, content creators, investors, to try to provide you with as much knowledge and value as possible so that you can become successful. Today, I am joined by Gary Bird. He has built a reputation as a thought leader and an expert in the dental marketing industry. He is the founder and CEO of SMC National Inc., which offers predictable digital marketing services to emerging DSOs and group practices. SMC National creates proven marketing systems that measure ROI, real-lifetime value, and provide predictable patient flow. Gary also offers Fractions CMO services to dental practices across the country. Gary has served as a consultant to the American Dental Association, and he is also the host of a popular podcast, Dental Marketing Theory. Gary also speaks at dental conferences, focusing on digital marketing systems, lead generation, scaling with predictability, recruiting, building marketing teams and systems to help growing dental enterprises. I'll be asking him questions all about these topics, including marketing, entrepreneurship, starting as an entrepreneur, building out a team, and a lot more. I may ask some selfish questions for my own curiosity, but I know that they will bring you value as well. Super excited to have him on and super excited for you guys to listen and watch to what he has to say and provide for you guys. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Sauce me a five-star rating on whatever platform that you're listening on, but also be sure to check out Gary on all the other social media platforms with his handle being the Gary bird on everything. Uh, and also be sure to join his discord using the link in the description to get more advice from him, ask him questions and also improve your network with other entrepreneurs. Because at the end of the day, you are who you hang around with. So make sure that you join that. And also thank you guys so much for tuning in. It really means the world to me. Just hit 200,000 followers on TikTok. Super, super appreciative and grateful for every single one of you. Thank you guys so much. Please, please, please do me a favor and just share the podcast. Get this more out. You know, I, I love doing this and I, I hope that you guys love listening. Um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy. So Gary, thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to, to talk to you and discuss some of these topics about marketing. I'm in the stage of outsourcing, so I want to hammer down on that. Yeah. But um, kind of fill in, fill in what you do, how you've, uh, become super successful in consulting and, uh, the podcast that you've been doing kind of just fill in the audience on who you are and what you've done. Sure. Absolutely. Stone. Thanks so much. First of all, for having me on it's your, um, I've been following your content and you are absolutely killing it. I can tell you you're about four lifetimes ahead of where I was when I was your age. So great job, man. Um, and a real inspiration and very positive too. I, I like, I just like that you are focused on, you can do it right. And there's a lot of, you can't do it attitude out there and <clears throat> nothing drives me more crazy than that. So, um, my name's, my name's Gary. Um, I'm the CEO of SMC, uh, started that back in 2008. Uh, it was a down economy. Um, if you, re uh, for those are, that are a little bit older, you'll remember that the housing crash just absolutely 
abolished everything. That was our last big dip um, before COVID. And it, um, everybody was canceling all of their marketing. Everybody was shutting everything down. I had a, like a, a, just a normal nine to five job. It was super boring though. Like it was really, really boring. And I said, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go start an email marketing company. Now back then there was no uh, way to communicate with your customer. So imagine there was no email marketing that was easy to use. There was no social media. There was no text message marketing. Literally the only way that you could reach your customer base of any, of any sort was through snail mail and uh, yellow pages was huge at the time. So, uh, you, you know, sending a postcard for $6,000 wasn't really a great idea why people were trying to save money. So what I would do is I would just go door to door um, to restaurants. I started with restaurants first. It was low hanging fruit. They got hit really hard. And I just said, hey, I'm going to go in during lunchtime when it was slow on like a Monday or Tuesday. And I would say, hey, I will turn your slowest day into your busiest day. And they say, how are you going to do that? And uh, I said, I'll, I'll collect these emails. I have these little pads. We'll co- I'll, I'll train your staff on how to collect them. We'll even make a contest for them to, to, to collect them. And if you collect this many emails, I'll get all your weekend people to come back during the week when they're at work and buy lunch. And people started buying it like crazy. It was $200 a month for, for, this, for me to manage this for them, or it was $2,000 for the year. So all I had to do was get three to four signups a month. And I was ahead and I built up a big clientele of business. And then from there, I really started to figure out what I liked, what I didn't like, what services I needed to add. So basically just getting started was the hardest part. Once I had that, I realized, okay, got too many clients now. I can't service everybody to the level that I want. I'm going to start adding services. And when I did that, I actually partnered with somebody because it was the fastest way to add services at this time now social media was starting to become popular kind of everybody was like you got to have facebook um you should be on facebook that was the the common conversation people didn't really know what to do or what to post so i partnered with somebody who was better at that and we started to um grow that and the business grew and then eventually we niched down to just dentistry so the part the partner that i had at the time he went and just took all the clients that were non-dental I took all the dental and took a big step back to do that, but it was totally worth it. We flew forward um, and the company really grew. Uh, We got to about 19 team members, 18, 19 team members. We were doing about $350,000 a month in recurring revenue and we were on our way to 400,000. It was slow though, um, but we were, we were doing all right and COVID hit and that, that blasted us down to about $75,000 a month in recurring revenue. Almost every dentist closed during COVID. There was only a couple that stayed open and marketed. And we had a decision to make at that time. Um, I didn't have any debt. We, I was very responsible from that standpoint. And uh, basically I told the team, 19 team members, I'm going to keep every one of you on the team as long as I can, even if I have to take out loans, whatever I need to do. Got all the loans I could get my hands on and just told everybody, this is how much time we got. <laughs> I got about 75 days worth of money that I can keep everybody on. I don't have the revenue coming in from the clients. But my bet was was that if I could if I could keep these uh, the team together, why? because everybody else laid everybody off, right? Like everybody got laid off. And so I said, if I can keep this team together, and number one, it's going to bring us closer together, right? They're going to believe that I believe in them and vice versa. But then also... Um, it, it's not that big of a risk. Like a lot of people are like, wow, that's a big risk. To me, it wasn't a big risk. If the market really, or if everything really stayed shut, 
longer than that, then we were all in trouble anyways, right? Like if the if everything would have stayed closed for six months or seven months or something like that. So for me, it was just like, I'm going to just have more debt if we end up staying closed during that do- time and I, I'm going to be in trouble either way. So who cares, right? And so let's let it ride and bet on the team. Well, my, the bet was correct. We The market turned, things opened up and everybody was behind us, right? Like we were in, a, at this point, we're in a super niche market already and then we niche down even more so we said we're only going to work with group dentists now people who own multiple offices so now there's tons of dental marketing companies but there's not a lot that specialize in like what we do we have some unique ways that we approach it and so we took off like a rocket we literally almost quadrupled um in about 18 months um i learned a lot i probably learned more in the 18 months about business the hard way um, then I've learned than all the years, other years put together. And now we're doing, um, over a million dollars a month in recurring revenue. And we're on the road to $2 million this year. And that's, that's really what I'm focused in on. Um, so I can keep going on that road, but I want to, I, wanna, I, I don't want to, um, that that's just amazing. That is amazing. I, I wanted to just ask a quick question on, on niching down with your clientele, because, I work with so many different uh, niches, I mean, from A to Z. And so I'm, I'm starting to realize that I, I need to kind of niche down and, and develop that ideal avatar that yep. I want to work with to um, keep my reputation high and, and to really focus in on one particular. So, like, how how hard was that and, and what were some some ways you did yeah, that. So there's two things to look at when you do this. Number one, it's super scary. No matter what your brain and your, everything inside of you is going to tell you not to do it. Right. Um, and then you're, you're just going to be like, no, 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 this doesn't make sense. I, I should go broad, but you can't go broad. You can't be good at everything. It's not possible. So the, the way to look at this, there's two ways. So number one, you can either be niche in your service. So you can be like, I make the best strawberry waffles and my avatar is like everybody in the whole world, right? And that's all I do. I just make strawberry waffles and that's it. And everybody likes strawberry waffles. So that so that's one way to niche, right? Where you have this like really unique product where the whole world wants to buy it. Um, that's one way. The other way to niche is where you just focus on one kind of avatar, like what you're talk- talking about. And usually in service businesses, that's what we're going to do, right? Is we're going to niche down to one avatar. Now, when you think you can't niche down anymore, you usually can. That's number one. But then number two, what I realized, and I was looking at all these different businesses we worked with, and I couldn't scale operationally because I couldn't teach my team all the different things they needed to know, even though I did the same thing for all the companies. Because I worked with car washes, restaurants. Um, we worked with uh, uh, beauty salons. We worked with, I mean, everything that you could human possibly think of, we worked with, Right. And so I couldn't train my team. And then the other problem was, is I couldn't learn the client's business as well enough either to be an expert. So I wasn't, I was a generalist. So the the rule is in every industry, specialists always make more than the generalist. And you can apply this to medical, you can apply this to automobiles, you can apply this to, you know, collecting Pokemon cards. Like the guy that like specializes and says, I do this one thing and I'm the best at this. They always make more money than the guy that's like, well, I do everything. And so it specializing really allows you to niche down. And then here's where, where I think the biggest impact comes. When you niche down, your operations can get super clear. You can become just like an assembly line 
even if you're doing custom stuff, it doesn't matter because you're doing the same people over and over and over again. And you, every, you and your team learn it extremely well. You can almost like just feel what the next, next, next step should be. And then you learn your client's operation. So at this point, I actually know dental marketing operations, like on the other side of marketing, when we get into like when the patient goes into the office, I understand that so well. I, and, and so it's the stupid, like it's a silly thing, right? Like it's not like something I go around bragging about, but in the field that I'm in, it's tremendously valuable because I can tell them, yeah. hey, even if I do a good job with marketing, here's where the, the marketing is going to break within your office. Boom, 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 boom. And sure, there's some carryover to other industries, but I can I can speak the vernacular. So in my opinion, if you niche down of whatever you do in three years, you can literally become the number one voice in that niche if you niche down far enough because you just won't have a lot of competition. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it's it's been something that's that's really tricky for me, especially with all of these other industries and different niches trying to get on TikTok and, and utilize it. So that's that's one thing that I'm I'm struggling with. But in in terms of your your consultations, I'm I'm kinda interested on how you structure those. Right now I, I do packages. So I used to do the weekly, bi weekly, monthly services. Um but the problem with that was that I figured was I couldn't really focus in on those clients or like the monthly clients that well. Yeah. So I had to do the packages. So I have three, three month packages, bronze, silver, gold, um, and, and, and lock them in. I'm kind of interested in, in seeing how, what you've learned over the years and how you, you structure that part. Yeah. So consulting super hard to scale consulting's like you you have to be able to teach other people what you know right like all the way down to the nitty-gritty you can do it people have done it i've seen them do it but it's hard to do services are much easier to scale because you're you're creating an end result the other thing that i think that that marketing um has a problem with all marketing right like it doesn't matter if you're consulting or your lead gen or your branding or your like we have First of all, we have all these different terms that we, we all kind of agree on, but we don't. There's no like governing body of marketing, right? So that's number one. Number two, like if I said define SEM for me, everybody's going to give me a different different definition. If I said how do you do SEO, everybody's going to have a different strategy. So so it's it, it's it's very fragmented. The other problem is I think it's broken from a fundamental level because, and this is how I explain it to my clients. If you if you're if you were in pain today in your mouth and you you uh, went into the dentist, you wouldn't know what you needed because you're not a dentist. You're just kn you just know you want to get out of the pain. So the dentist would say to you, hey, you know what, Stone? I need to do this procedure, this procedure, this procedure, and that's going to get you what you want out of pain, and this is how much it's going to cost. And then now you can make an educated decision on that. Marketing doesn't work that way. Here's what happens in marketing. Clients come in, and they say, well, I need a website. And I go, okay. And most, most companies would go, okay, great. We'll sell you a website or, or, Hey, I want to, I want to learn more about tech. Okay, cool. We'll sell you this service. Right. But, but we never, we never drill down. Right. Like, or, or at least I didn't for a long time. Okay, what, what I learned to do is just keep asking why, like, why do you want a new website? <clears throat> why do you want to grow on TikTok? Well, because I want my brand to get out there. Okay. Well, why? Well, because I think it's important. Don't you think it's important? Sure. It's important, but why do you want to do it? Well, because at the because I have this product and I want to get this product in front of people. Why? Because I have to sell that product. Oh, how many products do you have to sell? Well, I got to sell this many products to break even. 
oh, okay, that's really good to know. So your end goal is to sell a product or your end goal is to get this many customers, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, how many customers are you at right now? Well, we're at zero. Well, if they're at zero and they need to get to 200 customers a month or 200 customers a day or a week or whatever, that's a, that's a big jump. Like you're probably going to fail yeah. as a marketing company with that person because they're starting from scratch. Like it doesn't matter how good you are because they don't even have their operations figured out, out yet. If they're at a hundred patient uh, customers a day and you need to get them to 120 a day and they already have a marketing system and they already have that dialed down and you understand their operations, it's a, it's a, it should be a slam dunk. Like you should be able to come in there and really yeah. support them. So I don't think marketing comp- I don't think marketing people focus on the end result enough. I think we focus on the packages that we offer. Um, and so if if to any time that I want to dial something in, and we just went through this through our operations, we just said what's absolutely necessary to get the end result that our client wants, and what's not. What's the fat and and. Because we're entrepreneurs, right? So we want to add everything. I already, I can already tell by you. You're just like, well, I'll add this service and I'll bring this value and I'll bring this value and I'll bring this value, which is all good stuff. Yeah. And it's great to learn. But at the end of the day, is it actually going to help the client get to their end result or just make them disappointed in us because we, we, it didn't, it didn't uh, have the impact they thought it would. Got it. Got it. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's super beneficial, especially because it's like that's I you're completely right on focusing so much on the packages and what to offer there rather than the client and what you know what what's best for them and what's best for that particular niche and audience and content. Um, I wanted to I wanted to hone in uh, on on entrepreneurship because we're like you said I mean big entrepreneurs. I just started my entrepreneur journey not too long ago, about a year ago, um, but I but there's so many people and so many people I talk to so many kids and young adults that uh, have a problem starting and taking action and getting this analysis paralysis state. Um, So how, how should people start? How, how can they get more comfortable and and, and not be afraid of starting and and failing? Yeah. So this is a big one. So first of all, I have a discord. It's totally free. It's called the Gary bird. um, And all my social media handles are the Gary bird. If you go in there, that's the number one question that I get. And I have a lot of like, 20 year olds, early 20 year olds, like, I don't know how to start or I just started. I don't know what to do. So I created a process. Now this process may be wrong. It's just how I did it. So there, uh, this does not mean you can't do it another way, right? This is just how I understand it. So first of all, a lot of people out there online, let's back up. So when people, when you listen to people on YouTube and you listen to people on TikTok, they usually are going to offer the most broad advice possible because they want to reach the biggest audience, right? Like I can't come on TikTok and give tips on dental marketing because no one will watch it. No one cares, right? It's too, it's too niche. So I had to, I had to broaden it up. If I actually wanted to be on TikTok, I had to go wider. So when people want to sell books and people want to sell courses, which is, which is, I'm not against any of that. That's all, that's all part of the ecosystem that we live in. What, what, what you have to understand is they're going to speak broadly, right? And so a lot of the content that we hear and that we consume is all around mindset. And now this is super important. If you have a bad mindset, you automatically lose, right? Like automatically. So I think mindset is very, very important. And I think you do a really good job. And I also think that you're servicing an age group that's not serviced well in that area. So then the next, the next thing after mindset is execution. And what you'll notice is, is you have to pay everybody for execution, right? Like it's like, Hey, I'll give you the mindset, but then you got to come out and execute. And then that's when the strategies and tactics tactics come in. So, so here's, here's, here's how I would approach it again. And, And I think this is really just, you just don't find a lot of this on online. So number one is, 
don't follow your passion. Follow the problem, okay? And I'm going to come back to passion because I think passion is really, really important. But here's what I mean by that. When I was a kid, when I was your age, I wanted to be in the NBA. That was my passion. I chased it. I followed it. It literally made me no money. Not only no money, I wasn't even close, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it was my, that's my path. I love basketball. I love basketball. If I, if I, I, if you ask me when I was your age, I was just like, I just want to play basketball. That's it. And people are like, well, you're not that tall. Uh, you're not that fast. <laughs> you, you can't really shoot. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, but I, I loved it. So that was my passion. And that's what I wanted to do. And it didn't work out. Right. So here's, here's what I figured out about myself though, is that, okay, well, I saw a problem in an industry and then I solved it. Right. People couldn't reach their customers. And I came up with a simple solution. Now, was that is that what I do now? No, that business, I couldn't even start that business now. It wouldn't even work from an economic standpoint or from a technology standpoint. But at that moment, it served a, a need. Once I found the problem and then monetized it, then I found what I was passionate about inside of that. Now, every day I get to wake up and do what I love. Is dental marketing the most exciting thing in the world? Absolutely not. But I'm passionate about my, my why is I'm passionate about helping people and practices grow right? Or, help, or, or entrepreneurs grow as well. So it's just like, I get to do that every day. So every day I get to wake up excited. But that's why sometimes you'll see things and you're just like, well, I'm super passionate about this. The, the, the problem is, is that, again, you might be following something that you can't monetize. And just because you're passionate about sp- sports, like I could have done marketing for sports arenas, I could have done other things that tied into my passion in different ways. Um, and, and it's also, um, I think it's really important to understand that you can, you can tie in this high energy. Like for me, the reason I like basketball so much, it was high energy, high speed up and down, doesn't stop. I didn't have to think like, I don't like to stop and like, okay, let me put together a whole plan. I like to just run and gun. And so that was basketball. So I I learned how to do that in the entrepreneur world. And I, I think that's really the, the beginning stages. And then the other thing is I guarantee you, you're going to fail. And I think a lot of people t- in our day and age are just like, we're really scared of failing. And we're really scared of what people are going to think about us. And the bottom line is, if once you give yourself permission to fail, and you work with people who give you permission to fail, like the first thing when I hire somebody and they work with me, I tell them, and we have 75 team members, so I don't work with everybody on our team. But the people I do work with, I'm like, I, hey, here we go. You're going to fail. And they're like, what? And I'm like, you're going to fail. And it's okay. And guess what? I'm probably going to fail on a bigger stage than you are. And that's okay, too. Don't get mad (laughs) at me, okay? And they're like, no, I won't get mad at you. And I'm like, cool. So now they have that permission, right? Just go out and fail. Like, Especially when you're young. Like, if you blow it on your packages and you don't get it right, what is it? Like, it's not – you're going to eat. You're going to have food over your head, right? It's like – what are we, what's the anxiety really from? What's our real fear that's really driving us? And so anyways, that's my thoughts on that. No, yeah, that's, that's so true. Um, and I think the problem, uh, chasing the, the, going after the problem first is, is great. I mean, that's really kind of what I did just subconsciously. I mean, I got big into investing and, and compound interest and building wealth. And it was something that I was just never taught. And so this is brand new to me. This was mind blowing. And I realized that a lot of teenagers and young adults don't know about it. And so I, I was so fascinated and so obsessed with it to where I went online and, and started making videos mm-hmm. and, and took care of the problem. Yep, you fixed the and, problem. Uh, yeah. And <clears throat> then from there, just 
you know, I, I got really obsessed and passionate with the creator economy and started my other account. And then the rest is history. But when entrepreneurs get that, that jive and they start to start to really succeed like I'm doing, where and, and how can someone, you know, invest into their business and where can they see um, where they could get the best ROI in, you know, investing? So like, where can I, you know, where can I can invest into my business and, and maybe hire for this particular. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, so the first thing is, is I, I'm big on just betting on yourself. Like I'm huge on that. So people, okay. a lot of like, I live broke. Right. So I live like, I, I like right now I have maybe like 200 bucks in my account, like literally. Cause I just put, I put my money, I invested in stuff. I move it. I put it in places. I can't see it. Love it. So I, I, Love I, it. I live paycheck mentally. I live paycheck to paycheck still. I have a budget, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, and, and then I always dump a ton of money back into the business. The, the one thing that people don't, I think before you start to become an entrepreneur, it's really important that you understand what the lifestyle of an entrepreneur really comes with. You're right. constantly yeah. gambling everything. Like I, I, in every stage it's bigger gambles, right? So the, the, I'm at the point now where I, when I sign for a loan, I'm betting my house, my car, like everything that I own, all my assets personally, if the company goes belly up, I go belly up personally with it, right? Like it's because I'm co-signing everything. So there's there's risk involved and I'm totally good with that. It doesn't it doesn't keep me up at night. I'm excited about it yeah. because I'm the one driving it. I'm the one making those decisions. So I would say, first of all, invest, uh, investing into your company is number one. Like keep investing, keep betting, keep keep pushing. Where and where invest? Yeah. Like w when you say invest into your company, where where do you look to get the best ROI? Yep. So the best thing, the best advice that I've ever been given is focus on your anxieties. So what happens is when you become an entrepreneur, and you know this because you've been doing it, and, you're, and you have expectations. It's one thing to make content. It's another thing when you start taking people's money and they, you, they have expectations on you, right? So now the, the level of stress like quadruples and yep. it really gets – especially when you oh, want to yeah. be um, – a person of integrity, right? Like you want to deliver for them. You want to help them. You want to, so the, the stress level goes up. So what happens a lot of times is as entrepreneurs, we mix everything together and we just go, this job is stressful. That, that's not really true. What, what's, what, if you stop and you sit down and you take a piece of paper and you write down on that piece of paper today, what stressed you out and what made you really excited? And here's another way that you can kind of gauge it. If I said, Hey, Hey, um, stone, you can, I'm going to throw you into a room and you have to do something for an hour and there's going to be a big room of people, but you can't prep for it. You can't do any, like, I'm just going to throw you in there and just talk about it. And you just have to ramble for an hour and be passionate about it. What is that? And then I said, now I'm going to throw you in another room and you have to prepare for it. And it's like, it's going to be hard and you're going to have to like kind of stress out about it. What is that? And what is the first room? And what is the second room? The first room that you're not stressed out and you can just walk in and do it. That's your natural ability. You are just good at it. Other people aren't. You're wired for it. You look at other people and go, why don't they get that? Why don't they understand it? Because yep. God literally designed you that way. Like That's just the way that you are. That other room that's really hard for you, maybe it's like you had to build a presentation or maybe you had to write a book or something like that. That's not your natural ability. That's when you're pushing yourself outside of that. But here's the cool part. Everybody who, anybody who has that unnatural ability over like writing a book or whatever, there's people out there that are, are passionate about doing that and that that's their natural ability. And so what, wherever you have the most anxiety or wherever you have that like pressure, 
of like, man, I, I don't know. How am I going to do this? And you sit and look at your computer for two hours and you do nothing. But then the other task you go to and you knock all of them out in five minutes. Don't hire for the things for five minutes. That's what you love to do. Hire for the things that are causing you anxiety. Bring in somebody who's really good. And if, you do, if you're like, well, how do I do that? Read the book, Who Not How. One of the best books for businesses out there. Left off on, um, where do we Who leave? Not how. Who Not How. Right. So, yeah, who not how. Yep. so when building a, a mark, um, a, more specifically a marketing team, I want to get more into higher company, bigger companies, fortune 500 type companies, and really getting them on social media because a lot of businesses are, are scared of social media and especially platforms like mm-hmm. TikTok. So, uh, building out those teams, what do you think are some necessary roles for that? And, um, you know, how do you manage, manage a team like that? Yeah. So, so let me just make sure I understand. So you're, you want to help bigger companies manage their social media more from a consulting basis or actually filming the content? No. Yeah. Consulting base. Yeah. Consulting basis. Yep. Okay. So first thing you're going to want to do is build out your avatar. So that's like step number one. So you go out and you say, okay, who is this person? Right? So it's easy for us to get online and be like, well, they're scared of TikTok. Well, they are, but why? Why are they scared to TikTok? They're not dumb people, right? right. Do they, they, they were around when MySpace was around. They know we saw what happened to Facebook. They know that the next one was Instagram and Instagram's kind of fading and TikTok's coming. They know all of that. They've looked at all the numbers. So why are they doing it? There's a risk reward factor for them, for most of them, right? Especially if they're big businesses. And so it's like, okay, well, at what point does that risk reward tip? And then when, how, who's going to articulate that value the best? So you need somebody who's going to be able to articulate the value of this is what you're missing out on. And, but, but not just missing out on, you can't just be like, well, we're going to get you in front of millions of people because they may already be in front of millions of people. It's if you don't do this, someone else is going to grab your audience, right? And they're going to end up being faithful to those people and they're not going to remember you Got it. and, or or whatever the story is. Right. So, so you build that avatar and really empathy is super important with this part of it. Right. So like, it's one thing for me to understand my side of the table but I need to understand why they're doing their side of the table. Like what, why do they feel that way? What, what's driving that? What's their rationale? And I need to really try to understand that as all the way through. If you do that, then you can really build a product to help them get to what their end, either overcome their end fear and then get to their end goal or whatever it may be. So that's first. So, um, so if you're, if I was building a team, I'm just thinking through this, I would want to build relationships first. That would be the number one thing before I even hire anybody is who, who could I build relationships with? And this is how I built my business. I honestly, I don't market SMC. Like we make the money that we do without marketing. So people go, well, how do you, how do you, how do you guys bring business in? And it's very simple. It's a very simple formula. I've never heard anybody else talk about it. It absolutely works like gangbusters. And I've seen it work for multiple other people. And actually I have people in our discord right now, applying this and having success with it. And it's simple. So all I did was I found, I found the niche that I was going to work in. And I, in my head, I said, okay, I can either go out and I want to work with a hundred dentists. Let's say, right. When I first got started, I can either go out and get gain a hundred dentist trust who don't trust me. Right. And naturally people don't trust marketing companies and understandably so because of what we talked about earlier. So I can go out there and earn a hundred people's trust or I can go earn one consultant or one trusted partner that they already have and earn their trust one time and they will give me access to those hundred people. Got it. So, and that's exactly what I did. I literally went from a company that we were doing like probably like a hundred thousand dollars 
a month in recurring re- revenue and we went to like $200,000 almost overnight because I got in with one company. So one, one and just over delivered. So that, yeah. Well, what I did to them is I went to them and I said, Hey, I have a cl- I work with one of your clients already. I'm doing a good job with them. I took them from $90,000 a month to over $400,000 a month. And I, I also, I also have, um, I can also do it again and I'll do it for you. And I'm going to make you look so good. Give me one client. I'll make you look so good for that client that you're going to want to give me to all of your other clients. And, and I will make sure. Sh- and then if, as I get people, I'll refer them back to you too. So that way you get business too. Yeah. I really had their best interest in mind, right? The whole time. This is, this is back to empathy. I thought about, okay, what does this consultant want? Why are they in business? And how can I help them accomplish their goals? And then, and then you can, if you're a marketing company, you have huge opportunities, right? I'm, I'll, I'll share some of the other things that we've done. But as a marketing company, you can build them a website. Yeah. You can write them the content. You can make them the graphics. You can do their TikToks for them. You can do their reels for them. And you can say, hey, I'll even film them for you, right? I just want to help you. So this is where most people at the beginning, they get really confused because all you have to do is go out and bring value to one person and just say, I just want to help you be successful. And they're, guess what they're going to say? Man, how can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> well, if I do a good job and I can earn your trust, I just want you to give me one client. I'll do it at cost or I'll do it. I wouldn't do it for free. I used to, w- 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 one time I made the mistake of doing it for free and the <coughs> client didn't value it. And it, that was a mess, but I'll do it at cost. I'll do it as cheap as I can do it for that client. So you look really good and I'm going to knock it so far out of the park. They're going to love you forever. They're going to be your client forever. I'm going to make you look awesome. And when I did that and then I did it again and did it again. And now I'm at the point now where it's just like, I have my podcast. I don't, I have my podcast to help other people succeed. That's why I have my podcast, but it's a dental marketing podcast. So it's super niche. So I had the, uh, I got introduced to the Dean, the dental Dean of UCLA. Right. Yeah. So wow. he says, Hey, I, I, uh, I said, Hey, I would love to have you on the podcast. He's like, great. I'm like, what can you, what, what can I help you with? He said, I want to work with these bigger groups. I have 10 of them. I want to work with more of them. Well, they saw an, after they came on the podcast, they saw an increase. He comes back to me and goes, Hey, do you want to come down and teach a class at UCLA on dental marketing? I'm like, sure. Right. Like provide I didn't value. ask him for, yeah, just, he got value out of it. Like he grew what he wanted to grow. We did this thing called the blueprint series. So what I did was I went to six different vendors. They all have thousands of dental customers. And I talked to them each individually. It was a lot of work. Like I talked to each one of them and I said, hey, look, I want to do this series for dentists where we walk the dentist through what a patient has to go through before they get to the office. And I think you as a vendor, you do this part well, and I would love to have you talk to this part. So I'm going to talk marketing. You're going to talk chat. You're going to talk answering the phones. You're going to talk this part, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, and we'll all promote it. And we're not, I'm not going to charge anybody anything. I'm going to build all the website. I'm going to build the newsletter. I'm going to build the social posts. We all promote it equally. And then we all win because we're all feeding off of each other's clientele, right? And people are like, man, this is, thank you so much for doing this. And really I'm, I'm helping myself, right? But I'm just providing value. Then somebody else reached out to me and said, we should do one on how to buy a dental practice. And we'll have you, will you run point on that? And I'm like, sure. And then someone else said, well, we should do one on how to promote how to get people to elevate from just being working in a dental office to being an executive in the dental office. So if you can provide value there, you will have all the clients you need. Now to answer your question directly though, you said, okay, well, how do I start building out this team? First hire around your anxiety. And one of the first people that you want to hire and your entrepreneurship side is going to tell you, don't do this. It's a waste of money. 
but get a project manager. Get somebody to help you with the finer details. And the longer this person's with you and the more they understand you, the faster you'll be able to move. So if you're if you're like most entrepreneurs, you're probably not the best at like building out the systems. Like you have the vision for the systems. Yep. But when you go to do it, it no one understands it the way you yep. thought they would, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's every entrepreneur for the most part. So uh, pro- there's project managers out there that literally love to do that. And they're really good at it. So I have one named, her name's Eve. And I love work, when I work with Eve, I love working. And she tells me, I love doing this, Gary. You, you, the stuff you guys come up with, and then I get to execute on it. I love it. And so it's, it's that's one of the first things I would hire just to okay. b- for, for um, sanity's sake, yeah. right? For so I'm not out here trying to butt my head against the wall. From there, just find people who uh, hire culture first. So I I don't really hire just off a of skill. Um, I want to find people who can do the job, but I would rather have somebody who has none of the skill and I'll teach them. And but they're a culture fit than the other way around. Yeah. And the reason I know that's that's the reason I know that works is because I've done it the other way and it didn't didn't feel good. Right. Like I had a bunch of people that honestly I didn't enjoy coming to work with. It was a lot of stress. I had there was a lot of politicking inside my own company. Mm. Now, right now, we have over 75 team members. Every team I, I can go into a meeting with any person. We can talk. It, it never. It's never stress or yeah. like people trying to jockey for position or any of that kind of stuff. And it's because we've purposely hired for culture first. That's yeah. That's some, I mean, it's just mind blowing still like just thinking about managing that many people. I mean, cause I have, it's, it's just myself and I'm getting so limited on time, especially with school to where I'm going to have to start really hiring people out. And, and that's really one of the biggest things on my to do list. Um, but in in terms, I want to talk a little bit more about social media. Uh, we're 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 really big on social media. But in terms of like businesses, what do you see um, with like advertisements, Facebook ads, Google ads, even TikTok ads? I mean, yeah. uh, I I feel like the rise in TikTok has really dramatically changed. Uh, advertisements and and branding as a whole. Uh, kind of give me your your take on that and how you work with some of these these brands and businesses that you work with in terms of of those yeah so it's really important to understand two different kinds of marketing out there and there's more kinds but i break them into two um the way then this is how my brain works is number one you have branding and then you have lead generation two totally different things if and it's really important that you nail down your clients if you're a marketing company and you're like not nailing that down up front what they want because some, a lot of, I have people come to me all the time. It's like, help me with my branding. And I'm like, oh, okay. You don't, you're not necessarily looking for results then. Right. And they're like, well, no, no, no. I also want tons of people coming through my door. Well, branding doesn't always equal to people through the door. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And you have to keep swinging for the fences and you can't measure it. All you can do on branding campaigns is how many people saw it. And a lot of times, what do we think of? We think of like Michael Jordan, right? Like Nike. Yeah, it was a great play. Right. But how many people have Nike signed that they didn't sell that many shoes? How many strikeouts? How many hundreds of millions of dollar contracts that Nike handed out? They didn't make any money on. They lost money on it because because branding is a bet, right? So, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just important that you call that out. Lead generation is totally different. Okay, now lead generation is I spend ten thousand dollars and I got that ten thousand dollars to do this for me, and this many people called, this many people bought. This people visited my website and, and loaded my, their cart and bought something from me. 
and that you can go down to cost per lead, cost per acquisition, or cost per purchase, and you know everything about it from end to end. Those are two totally different things, like two different companies, two different minds. One's an artist and one's a mathematician, <laughs> right? Like one's painting a beautiful picture that everybody's going to love and the other ones can solve the, the math formula and, and, and the algorithm, right? And so it's really important that you start off on that basis of what are you trying to accomplish? If you try to do both at the same time, you're probably going to strike out. Like that's really hard to do. And, and it, or it's, impo it's really impossible to do. You, you really need to just niche down and figure out, okay, I'm branding. This is what I'm, the value I'm bringing. I'm going to get eyeballs on you. The rest is up to you or I'm lead generation. I'm going to get you this end result. And again, this goes back to what the client really wants, right? right? Like what, what do they want? Um, so that's, that's the first step is, is what I always do is just figure out, okay, what do you actually want? What are you trying to accomplish from there? It's important that you understand if you're dealing with long buying cycle, um, uh, customers or short buying cycle customers. Okay. And, and I'll kind of explain this. So if you're working with a pizza shop or a plumber, those are short buying cycles. Meaning if your toilet started over flooding right now in your house, you're calling a plumber like right now, you're not going to Facebook and typing in plumber. You're not going to TikTok and typing in plumber. You're not going to Instagram and typing in, you were going to Google and you were typing in plumber super fast. And you're going to call a plumber and say, when can you be here? If they can't be there right then, you're going to the next one on Google. That's yep. it. There's like no negotiating that. If you're looking for a house, if you're looking for something that's a longer buying cycle, then you can start to get into these branding plays and you can start to do these things where it's called top of mind awareness. So the best way I can describe it is why does Pepsi host the Super Bowl every single year when everybody, everybody already knows Pepsi's name? Everybody. There's nobody in America that doesn't know Pepsi's name, yet they spend hundreds of millions of dollars to sponsor the Super Bowl. It's because they want top of mind awareness. They don't want you to forget them. So the way to do that, social media is the best way to do that because not everybody has $100 million to do the Super Bowl, right? right? So you do so social media so you stay on top of their mind, but you have to have a channel to be able to already produce results from that. The reason Pepsi can do that is because they're in every store right next to the Coke everywhere in the whole United States. If you don't have a system to generate uh, to get leads capture them close them get them come to come back and buy your product again then that top of mind awareness stuff you're, you're 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 not probably not ready for that yet right the other thing that you can do to really hack this and this works like gangbusters is to just make it simple right say okay well who's 10 people that i want to work with and go into their social media let's pretend i wanted to work with you right and so i'm like man i really need to work with stone if i could just partner with him he it that would really change my life right here's what i would exactly what i would do i'd follow every one of your accounts i'd follow all the people that you follow and then i would comment on every single one of your videos and i would i would i would like every single one of your comments i'd anytime you commented on somebody else's video i'd like it like my face would be popping up in your thing and i know for a fact you're seeing it yep. right like I'm pop, boom, boom, boom. I wouldn't ask you for anything. And then the one time when we, I'd interact with you, I'd especially comment early on your videos. Cause if I notice, like, hey, he comments early on his videos or he comments yeah. later, he goes through all at once. And the second you said, hey, thanks, Gary, appreciate that. I went, the second it popped in, I'd be like, no problem, man. I, I was hoping to catch up with you sometime and maybe have you hop on our, our podcast. And now it's a public request. Right. So you can either be a big jerk and just, you know, just say no, <laughs> which you're not going to do, right? No one's going to do that. Or you can ignore it and I can keep working it. Or you're going to be like, oh, for sure, man. Because 
you know, that's what most people would say. Yeah. And in my experience, that's what most people say. And if you do that, you will be able to get in front of almost anybody you want, right? Like the, 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 at least for the next steps that maybe not at your end goal, you can't get in front of, if your goal is to be, you know, Jeff Bezos, you're not going to get in <laughs> Jeff Bezos right yeah. away, but you can start to take the next steps in that direction. That's top of mind awareness. And that's so valuable. So, so valuable. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. I mean, even in when I, uh, work with some of my clients, I'm tell, I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, look at other, you know, creators that you love and, and interact, put in your two cents, interact with their content, answer the questions in their comment section for them, because not a lot of these people have that time. And so yep. if they see that you're answering those questions and you're saying the same thing that they would say, they would love that because you're acting as kind of that moderator but also, you know, providing them value and, and interacting with their audience, that's great. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to build your reputation up, and especially on a platform like TikTok. I mean, there's just getting – there's so many people constantly getting on the platform and creating content to where you're going to have to differentiate yourself and, and get into more eyeballs. And so that's, that's one, one strategy that a lot of people tend to use and that I really recommend. Um, but with TikTok, I mean, we're, we're, I'm, I'm starting to see you get more and more on TikTok too – um, what do you, I mean, I'm just so fascinated with TikTok and how you're able to reach so many people so yeah. quickly. I mean, post a video tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. so, but, but going back to what I was saying earlier, I mean, with, with brands and businesses not getting really on it, what do you really like say in terms of convincing them? Like, you know, or, or even just like a creator or, or someone, because I'm always looking for ways to inspire people to become creators. So what do you, what are your, like your top couple things that you come up with? I, I actually see, here's the thing. I, I look at it from a different angle. It's like, well, what is their, what's their reasoning for not getting on? Got it. Right. Like, so with young people, it's probably fear of what people are going to think of them. Yeah. Right. And true. which, which great granted like if if you have like i see these kids get on and they have like issues right they maybe they have a tick or they have a, a speech impediment and they kind of own it but people still get on there and make fun of them you know what right. i mean i'm not saying it's right it's wrong that people do that but they do it right so it, the the fear is not um without warrant right like it's it's a legitimate thing because they go to scroll through the comments just like we do and they see that so I would ask them, like, hey, if this is something you want to do, you have to realize that this is the pros, but here's the cons as well. And then also you have it. Let's have a plan that how you're going to actually execute and make this worth your time, because as, as you know, it's like it's hard to monetize. Yeah. Um, yep. I think probably the other thing is that for 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 brands, th this is me speaking as a company and as a as a creator myself. TikTok doesn't allow you to create community. It's like absolutely, it's awesome at getting in front of new people like really fast. It is literally one of the worst at creating communities because you can't, I have people who love, like we connected, we're like, you know, vibing and we're connecting offline, all that kind of stuff. And then three months later, they're like, I haven't seen any of your videos in three months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's just because they didn't interact with my last video exactly. or whatever. Right. That doesn't happen on, on Facebook and on Instagram right. and those kind of things. So you almost have to – I look at it as TikTok is a tool. It's awesome. It's a top-of-funnel tool, Yeah. meaning you get in front of a lot of people, but then what? Now you got to pump them into a community, and it has to be sticky. And I, I, I'm not a – Facebook is just like, 
a mess, right? Like I don't, I don't recommend rolling over there. So what? Then Discord. Um, <clears throat> um, some people are doing Slack for like a little bit older generation of uh, business people. Right. To, uh, uh, um, there's a, you can roll them over to Instagram, which has much more of a community feel because you can actually leave longer comments. You can DM without following each other. Um, you actually see all my posts if you follow me now, or a lot of them you see. Um, so I, I, I would just, I would think about it from that angle of like, okay, what weapon is this in their arsenal? And then once you figure that out, then it's like, hey, do you need more leads at the top of your funnel? If they say no, then it's like, okay, then TikTok's probably not for you. True. If they're like, well, no, it is. Yeah, no, we definitely need more leads. I'd really strongly suggest TikTok because you're going to be able to get in front of a ton of people really, really fast. And also the other thing, th- this is what I like about TikTok too, is like none of my clients and none of the people that I work with, that's why I don't post on Instagram and Facebook like I do on TikTok because people would be, be confused. They're like, wait, 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 are you helping entrepreneurs or are you doing dental marketing? TikTok allowed me to do something that I'm not able to do on the other platforms. Yeah, yeah. And TikTok, I mean, I think you are right with the the community aspect. It is harder because the algorithm is interspaced. So like you said, if they stop interacting with their content, they're going to place content that they think that they would interact with in front of them to keep them on the platform. So you have to be, that's why it's super important to stay consistent, interacting with your audience, going live. And like you said, funneling them to a different nurture type of platform like Instagram, maybe YouTube, uh, Slack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, All discord. Um, I wanted to, I mean, you've been, obviously we've already discussed your podcast and, I mean, I'm brand new to this space, so I wanted to get your insights and, and pick your brain on this and um, yeah. and really just kind of just learn from you and your biggest lessons that you've learned over, you know, the 30 or so episodes and, and what do you recommend for me? Yeah, absolutely. So here's here's my little mental hack for podcasts. Start it and then just be like, no one's going to watch it. Just to have that attitude yeah. and use it as a tool to build relationships. So like you and you, you and I are sitting here talking today only because you have a podcast. Right. Right. So it's like, so soon, like soon you'll have 10 episodes under your belt and then you'll go to someone else and be like, Hey, um, and, and this is cool. Am I going to be your first podcast? No, no, I have, I have two, uh, before this. So I had one by myself and then, yeah, you're, you're my third. So I'm going to be number three. Okay. Three. So, so when somebody, here's the way I look at it. So I'm like, so some people don't like coming early on podcasts, but the way I look at it is. When someone has hundreds of podcasts, you either listen to the first couple or you scroll to the first two or three. That right? is true, yeah. And so and you just yeah. and you scroll down there. So it's like, so I'm, I'm like, cool, I'm in on the ground floor. This is really cool because I know you're going to do a really good job. But up front, nobody really listens to them, right? So it's just like, okay, cool, I'm just going to put these in and I'm going to use this as a relationship building tool. That's it. I'm just going to go out there and connect with people because people will come on and talk to me and, and you get to pick their brains. You get to talk about business and uh, and then eventually you'll turn a corner. So now I'm about 30 episodes in. Now when I talk to people, I'm like, hey, tell me what you want to promote. Tell me what you want to really want to get in front of people because I'm going to make sure that it gets in front of right. them. And then the other thing is, this is one of the best things that we've done, is that every time I bring somebody on, I post the podcast and we break down the podcast into sections. So into right. like two, three-minute videos. And we put their face and my face on it, right? And each each thing. So now when it's done, when we're done with the podcast, I'm giving them one full length YouTube 
one audio of just sound with uh, Apple or Spotify or whatever. And then I do like 10, 10 shorter videos that they can share. And then I do, um, and then I do some shorts too. We're starting to crank out Got some it. shorts and carousels on top of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I give those to them and then I post them and tag them in every one of them. Well, what are they going to do every time I post and tag those? They're going to share it. Yeah. And so every time they share it, they're putting me into their community. Exactly. So so now, so what you want to do then is you want to get people who are going to share and then you want to edit that. Now, I will say this. It gets really expensive to do that and, or time consuming. Yeah, right? I was going to say. But but that's the trade off, right? Is like, okay, I'm trading time. I'm not marketing my business, but now I'm going to be in front of people. So yesterday, got on a call and this happens all the time. I got on a call. They're like, Gary, man, I've seen you everywhere all the time and he's in the dental space obviously and i was like that's awesome that means i'm doing my job right and he's like yep and by the time we were done with the call he was like well i want you to help market my four practices and then i have a a m&a company a mergers and acquisition company which means he helps dentists merge and acquire new practices as a consultant he goes would you mind talking to all my clients and i'm like sure no problem that was all based off of just doing a podcast that's all that's all that was yeah yeah i mean i I'm starting to go in into the mindset of what you were just saying of just like vision that no one's even watching and, and kind of just, you know, t- talk. I mean, uh, yeah. talk to whoever you're you're talking to. I mean, and, and not even think about the audience, because as soon as you start thinking about the audience is when you start, you know, acting and, and trying to impress and, and not organically make this. But I wanted I was curious do you plan how do you plan out your podcast how do you research your podcast is do you uh, script it yeah so so you got to remember i'm I'm dealing with people who are coming on and they might have a 10 million dollar company or a right. 20 million dollar 100 million dollar company or they're the dean of ucla so i can't just walk them in and it, they don't know they're like there's people are are defensive right like they they they're scared that someone might put them in a, a bad light yep. or ask a question that makes them look bad no matter how they answer it right like i got you question so what's really important to me is and 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 i don't think you have to do this but that's that part's important to me outside of that what i do is so i have a team and i have a project manager and then i have a social media manager and what they do is i say okay you see what content's doing well for dental and you see what content's not doing well and i want you to find the stuff that's doing well and then find guests that are going to line up with the stuff that's doing well so right as an example right now I have a dentist who's a TikTok dentist and she she has several hundred thousand followers and she's built her whole practice off the back of TikTok. We're going to do a whole interview based on around her TikTok and why why did she do it that way and how much time does she spend? How many new patients does she get from it, right? So that way I can start to paint that picture. They got the dentist from UCLA, those kind of things. So for, that's the first thing they do. Second thing they do is once they commit, they say, okay, here's a list of questions that we want to ask you. Are you comfortable with all these questions? Yeah, they're comfortable. And then from there, the third thing is I do it exactly like you do. I start them off and I just say, before I even record, I'm just like, hey, I just want to hear your story, how you got here. Everybody's comfortable sharing their, sh- their story. Right. Like no one, no, you don't have to make anything up. You don't have to put it on airs or anything like that. You just tell your story. You don't even barely have to think about it, right? Once I see that they're comfortable, because not everybody's comfortable at first, and I, they're sharing their story, then I really jump into, okay, now let's start asking these questions that are going to actually bring engagement Got and it. and really make connection with people. Got it. Got it. That That's super helpful. 
because I mean, just starting out with these podcasts, it's kind of nerve nerve wracking, kind of you know laying them out and laying out the questions and how to structure the questions out and researching it. But that helps a lot. Um, and then finally, I on on the sticks and stones podcast, I love to talk about um, investing and and normalizing money. So uh, we don't have to go too specific, but I just wanted to to get your opinion on some industries that you're really interested in, in terms of investing, what you like investing into crypto, NFTs, stocks, real estate, whatever it is, uh, kind of fill me in on, on your investment strategies. Sure. So a couple things. So number one, I, I, my company, cause I, you know, I'm the CEO, so I, I get a match. So if you get it, if you work with a company that gives you a match, always take advantage of that. And I know there's not a lot of people doing that, but basically every time I put in, a percentage of my check, my company matches it and does that for the whole team. And I think awesome. we do four up to four percent, so they can give up to four percent of their salary, and then it's matched to four percent at that same amount. So that's like free money, and it's not taxed right now, right. right? So I just put money there, and then I have it set up in such a way that I can, um, I can pick which stocks to put those into, and it's retirement, right? So that's so that allows me to play the stock market a little bit. Right. I'm, I'm, I've, I've played with the stock market a lot. The stock market is really weird and it doesn't always make a ton of sense and it's it's um honestly a lot of things like your your probably audience will understand this like the GameStop stuff oh, and all yeah. the robin hood stuff <sighs> yeah. like super rigged right? right like it's a rigged game and that's why a lot of times it doesn't make sense not because i'm a dummy even though i am i don't i'm not like the greatest investor in the world but i i can look at things and go oh and that doesn't make sense that that's happening yeah. right like what why is that going down? It should be going up. Or why is that going up? It should be going down. And all the Robin Hood stuff was just absolutely, there's people who are taking advantage of the system. Right. And I think that's why crypto is so appealing. Um, the right kind of crypto, right? Like not all, like there's a ton of scam artists in crypto too, <laughs> yeah. right? Probably even more so, but it, it, I'm really big on Bitcoin. I put Love just, it. I just take money. I'm throwing it into Bitcoin all the time. I don't care if it goes down to 3000, goes up to 100,000. I don't care. I'm never selling it. My kids were asking me. They were like, "What if it went to this?" And I'm like, "I'm not selling it." And they're like, "What if it went to I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, it could go to a billion. I'm not selling it. Exactly. I, I would borrow against it before I'd sell it, yep. right? So, I just throw my money in there. I throw I'm really big on Ethereum. I like a, a Solana a lot. I, I buy that a recurring Avalanche. So, I'm Love into it. the smart contracts. I'm learning more about like a lot of like the um the we- uh the um the metaverse like there's a lot of coins that are going to be there i don't know like i try to study it and understand it right but the problem is it's like a moving target yep i really think whatever video games like a, as soon as like a call to duty or fortnite type video game figures out how to use crypto and where everything's bought and traded on that cr- particular crypto and they build a whole world out of that that's going to be huge, oh, yeah. right? Whatever, but I don't know which one that's going to exactly, be, right? Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I'm sitting and kind of watching that, but I think a lot of the smart contracts have a good shot at doing things, changing like the housing market. Like if you buy a house, so much paperwork, so many legal people all the way around, you could solve all that with a smart contract. Um, NFTs, I think, are interesting. Like, I understand that, like, buying a skin on a game is basically like an NFT. You're investing in it for social 
for so, you know as to look better on your video game yeah. like we do with everything what the same reason people buy cars or or buy certain kinds of clothes and things like that so it, that totally makes sense to me I, why it's worth 44 million dollars versus four thousand dollars sometimes doesn't make <laughs> yeah. sense to me yeah right like uh, and I, I think other people are c- kind of I, I also think it's ripe with scam artists there too where like if i was going to make an nft what i would do if i was dishonest is i take that nft i'd sell it to my buddy for 40 million dollars and and then i would immediately sell it right back to myself give them back and nobody no money lost and now i'm holding an nft worth 44 million dollars that's really probably not worth 44 right. million dollars yeah. right and i know there's a lot of that going on so you know i'm i'm, I'm skeptical I, I understand it and i know that it's going to be big with video games and things like that and then the metaverse, but I don't, I don't know which one's going to be the winners, right? Like somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. Yep. Um, I also think real estate is big. Um, the only concern I have about real estate is the baby boomer, boomer generation is slowly going to be passing away here soon. And they make up a huge market and the people that are coming behind them don't have as many kids, right? So there's going to be some kind of housing, housing uh, shift somehow. I don't know the numbers on all of that. But if you get in the right kind of mix of houses, I think you can do well. I also think if you are where things are unique, like you can't buy sunshine, right? So I live in Southern California. I own the house I live in. Like it's sunny here all the time. Right. Like you can't buy that, right? Like it, 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 like I could see um, it, like no matter how much money I spend, I'm not going to get this weather here in Southern California that in Wisconsin or New York or anywhere like that. So there, there are advantages to – certain areas in certain parts of the country and then there's uh, advantages to like where some of these places are booming like tennessee i don't know any real estate there but i'd be interested i've looked at it like tennessee florida texas where people are kind of flocking to right now and boosting up um house prices that way love it i love it yell it yeah i mean i'm with you on on basically all those topics i mean Love Bitcoin, love Ethereum, NFTs, the same thing. I mean, I love the technology and, and the smart contracts, utility with some of them. Um, and, yeah. and you know, especially with real estate, I'm, I'm looking to get more involved into that as um, I gain more capital. And, and Well, the cool, here's the cool part about real estate. So if you have to go, if I said, hey, um, Stone, go, go buy a million dollars of Bitcoin, you'd have to have a million dollars. Right. If I said, hey, Stone, go buy a million dollars worth of property, you'd only have to have $200,000. Right. So the bank takes the risk because they because they have an asset. And now we've, and I know you can buy a million dollars of crypto and then borrow against it. But just up front when you're getting started, housing is really cool because you can have a $300,000 asset and only put down four or three and a half percent with an FHA, which is like 15,000 bucks, right? So you can own that. And then if you're like, well, I want to, what I would do, if I was your age, I'd be like, well, I want to live where I'm living right now and I'm going to rent that house out and I'm going to have them pay down that mortgage. And then you get the tax yep. break on that and you get the, to depreciate it. And then you have them paying down the the mortgage on right. it. And so yeah. that's 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 a huge play. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm looking to do. Use my FHA loan for something like a duplex, triplex, quadplex and, and rent out the other units to pay for the mortgage. Yep, I'm... I'm looking into that and i'm i'm just so fascinated about investing and i just like to include it in all my podcasts and normalize money um how do you feel about inflation what is your thoughts as a how old are you 20 18 18 so what are your thoughts on inflation right now i think 
you know, it's been a disaster. I think as as interest rates start to rise, the Fed, I I believe the Fed is going to start to you know handle it. Um, but I I'm just starting to invest my money as, as much as I can, and I think especially um, with the people, I mean, the wealthy wealthy are really capitalizing off of this more than the poor. I mean, because they have the assets, yep. they have all the real estate. Rents are going to go up. Everything's going to go up. Yep. So it's, I mean, inflation. I don't know too much about it and in, in the back end, but it is it is ridiculous in how you if you owned a thousand bucks last year, it would only be worth about nine hundred and forty bucks right now. Yeah. So I mean that's just well, insane. It is insane. And the other thing that most people, especially young people, do not understand is that the Federal Reserve has a target for inflation every year. A bare minimum t- that they're trying to inflate the the dollar. So you money's never gonna be worth as much as it was a year ago. Ever. Like ever. Like it's it's just not. It's just gonna keep getting deflated by the government and and sometimes we have deflationary products like technology which makes things cheaper but the government always offsets that with with inflation and and they really work hard to make sure that happens that's one of the reasons why being an entrepreneur is so awesome is that you're always protected from that because you raise your rates as the market goes up if you have a nine to five job and your salary is fixed there's no way to keep up with inflation and you just end up having to cut spending or cut back where being an entrepreneur you can make adjustments to your business to, 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 to adjust for inflation. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so Gary, do you have, do you have anything for me? Any questions for me? Anything I can help you out with? Where can people find you? Yeah, bro. I want to be like you on TikTok when I grow up. So what do I need to do? I mean, I think with TikTok, the biggest thing is, I mean, I love a lot of your videos. I think the biggest thing though is, uh, First off, the first one to three seconds of your video. I mean, I can't stress it enough because, like I was saying with this uh, guy I just met with the other day, I said, you can have the best value in the world. You can be the smartest person, but if you don't have a strong engaging hook to get them and give them an incentive to get to that value, then it's useless. So having that strong engaging hook in the first one to three seconds is 98% of your video performance. And then having that video objective, whatever it is, marketing strategies, getting more leads, hiring people, whatever it is, asking yourself, how can I convey this in the most simplistic and easiest way possible, but also the shortest way possible? Because people on TikTok mm-hmm. have a very short attention span, so they don't like us repeating ourselves or <laughs> inter- even even introducing ourselves. I think that was one of the yeah, biggest pieces yeah. of advice I've ever gotten when I started out. Uh, one, of my bu- one of my brother's buddies that was big on TikTok, he was like, Stone, literally no one gives a shit who you are or when you post a video. <laughs> they just want watch time and they just want value. So every video has to be a brand new story that captures as many eyes and ears as possible. And like you said earlier, interacting with your audience, going live, doing all those things is, is super beneficial. So, I mean, but you're, you're, you're killing it. I mean, and you're going to continue to kill it. Uh, I mean, you're very, very smart. You're very, uh, successful. You know, a lot of people and especially if you keep continue to do just those little talks in your, in your Tesla and you walk in on the, the treadmill. I mean, I love them. I love them. And the, the, uh, captions, I love all those videos. Uh, I just think you could probably splice them up a little quicker yep. and just, I've been working on that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it. It's hard. It's hard to, cause here's the thing I tr- struggle with is like, I'm like, I, I, I could do it in 30 seconds, but I know that it doesn't have the context needed to actually apply yeah. something. And, 
and I get that. That's part of the game, right? Yeah, and that's what I always tell people. Like, if you're doing like a three, so say you're doing like three ways to get more leads, I would go one, two, three, name them off, but don't elaborate on them. But rather, in a mm. separate video, elaborate on each one of those separately. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that so way, do thirty second videos. So that way, yeah, videos. that first video is quicker, and then all those other videos are quick, and they're you know, uh explaining the chunk of of what you need yeah um but but where can where can people find you gary yeah the gary bird is all my social media if you want to interact with me every wednesday i have a free discord call with tons of entrepreneurs last week we had like eight or ten people on there free advice it was actually half an hour i moved it to an hour long so if you're just like hey this is where i'm at in my business i need help with the next steps or i want need help with getting started discord's great for that um follow me on tiktok um and then also uh, instagram if you just want to see like i just post personal stuff on there and you can dm me and i'll i'll, I'll i respond to everybody i try to i obviously sometimes when a video goes semi-viral and there's thousands of comments it's hard to uh keep up with that but i try to respond to every single comment every single message yeah yeah and uh you know people watching listening go go to gary's discord you know rate him on on tiktok we're gonna probably do a tiktok live pretty soon and and collaborate there too so i mean um this has been awesome thank you so much gary for for coming on uh thank you so much for you guys watching listening um but yeah this this has been amazing thank you so much gary no thank you i really appreciate it keep up the good work thank you everyone listening watching uh make sure that you subscribe to the podcast either on apple Podcasts or spotify rate it five stars share it with everyone you know and make sure to subscribe to the youtube as well hit the like button leave your comments down below i'll be answering all of those um and if you don't follow me already on tiktok check me out on uh tiktok at stone frederickson and coach that stone plus follow me on instagram add me on linkedin um and like we said go check out gary on all the socials check out his discord and i'll see you guys in the next episode peace